0: And now, I'd like to acknowledge some special guests in our audience today. First, a very warm welcome to Laureen Harper, who has traveled from Ottawa and made time in her busy schedule. I didn't even get to introduce you before the applause broke out, so you're, you're very welcome here, as you can tell. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time from your schedule, which we know is a busy one, to join us on this very special occasion. And Mrs. Harper, you are in very good company today. Not only do we have a soldier at every table, but we have two tables of veterans, compliments of the Honorable Hal Jackman and mm. David T. Moore. And we have soldiers soldier. Well, first of all, let's, let's get all our um, uh, veterans to stand and be recognized and soldiers. Could you pl- please stand and be recognized? Thank you. I think the enduring applause speaks volumes about how welcome uh you are today. And we also have two tables of cadets, compliments of TD Bank and Borealis infrastructure. Uh cadets, could you also well actually you might have already stood before, but thank you for joining us today as well, and thank you uh also to Onyx Corporation for sponsoring the pre-lunch reception. There are many, many people to thank and much support to be recognized in this room. And of course, uh, we have to uh, give very big thanks to today's presenting sponsor, TELUS, represented by Joe Itali and Michael Sangster. Thank you both for joining us today and for making this event possible, as well as donating your tables to the Canadian soldiers. And now I'd like to welcome Joe Itali, president of TELUS Consumer Solutions, to the podium to say a
1: few words. Thank you, Helen, and thank you for the great job that you've done with the Canadian Club. I think uh, we owe you a debt of gratitude for your great work here. It's an honor to to be here today to uh, pay tribute, pay tribute to the men and women of our Canadian Armed Forces. I'm truly inspired by what they do each and every day, how they make incredible sacrifices in the course of duty for our country. We're also very pleased that uh, Retired General Rick Hillier has joined our TELUS team this year as the chair of our Atlantic Community Board, one of nine local boards that we've set up across the country to lead our philanthropic activities. And Like Rick, we strongly believe in giving back to the communities where we live, work and serve. Uh, Rick is here today with members of his own regiment, the Royal Canadian Dragoons. And uh, they've been sharing some stories with me during uh, the reception beforehand, Rick. I've got a great, great bunch of lads I spent some time with, and uh, they gave me some great stories about you. I know you're looking a little little worried right now about what I might say, but um, um, they've actually been sharing some very fond memories of you as their leader and very fond memories of the inspiration that you've brought to the Canadian Forces. And they did tell me something about uh, Rick when Rick was a kid. Uh, Did you know that Rick was so passionate about joining the armed forces that uh, he tried to um, sign up when he was just eight years old? He wrote to recruiters from Campbellton, Newfoundland, and they almost signed him up until they found out his age. And he had to wait until he was 17 to enlist. As Helen mentioned, uh, Rick has an impressive career, and it's been capped off by his tenure as Chief of Defence Staff, the the highest position in armed forces. Rick's passion and commitment to our Canadian troops today, after his retirement, is very, very strong. He's been so motivational for our TELUS team members, inspiring many of them, many of them to host military members and their families at special events and special activities across the country, and helping our customers in supporting the military in very meaningful ways. Rick has shared with us some very moving stories about real heroes in the Canadian Forces. I'll never forget a session we had in Calgary a few months ago. We got a chance to meet uh, Master Corporal Paul Franklin, who had lost both his legs in a suicide bombing in Kandahar while he was helping sick children in Afghanistan. And to listen to the gentleman speak and be so inspired about life in Canada and our future was a lesson, I think, to all of us that were there and had a chance to spend some time with him. It's touching stories of this type of personal commitment and personal sacrifice that make me so proud today to announce that TELUS is donating $10,000 to the Military Families Fund. It is a fund set up by Rick a few years ago to help military families faced with immediate unforeseen needs arising from their conditions of service. And I think it's also fitting that in honor of our good friend Rick Hillier, that TELUS donates $25,000 to the Guild of the Royal Canadian Dragoons to help them support their families at home and abroad. Today's donations reflect the pride that 33,000 TELUS team members across Canada take in giving back to organizations that make a real difference in the lives of Canadians. And Rick, you've certainly made a real difference and we're proud to be associated with you and everything that you've done for our country. Will you please join me and uh, let me say thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. you, you. you. Yeah. you. you. Helen asked if I wanted to say a few words. Dear God, when have you ever known a Newfoundlander? Who wouldn't jump at that opportunity? <laughs> but I'm not going to make a speech. I'll simply say, uh, Joe and Natalie, thank you very much. Uh, incredible. Uh, $10,000 to the Military Family Fund. I've got to tell you, uh, the Military Family Fund, just as a symbol, brings a psychological support to the families of our men and women in uniform that we have not had before in this country. And they, those families undergo such incredible stress when men and women are deployed, whether it's in the North Atlantic whether it's at 38,000 feet in stormy skies, or whether it's in a place like Afghanistan, those families are at home. They live every second of those separations and that risk and those deployments. And I mentioned to a group yesterday that you get two types of families. One, one type would become the news addicts. They cannot turn off the news world, the CTV Newsnet the news channels, the radio, and stop reading the newspaper because they don't want to miss a single word about what's going on. And on the other side, you get the families who absolutely cannot turn on the TV, turn on the radio, or open a newspaper because they're fearful of what they might hear and that that might make the stress just too much. So the money to the Military Family Fund, to the guild of the RCD, which supports the soldiers in the regiment and their families, is going to be put to incredible use. But can I say to the Canadian Club here today, too, uh, Canadians of the year, uh, for the men and women in uniform. I, I, I will be them and reflect back 10 or 12 or 13 or 14 years. And many of us in uniform, many of the folks in uniform, that was a Freudian slip, wasn't it? Many of the folks in uniform were in uniform then and you remember those days. Our morale was lower than whale's poop. We were not associated with the citizens in our country. And we were not sure we were proud of being the soldiers from the Royal Canadian Regiment and other units across our country, the Air, Land and Sea, that we should have been. And now here we are, being identified, being sort of recognized as the Citizens of the Year for by the Canadian Club, and it's a powerful thing. Because I'll tell you, these men and women in uniform are our credentials, and when they deploy around the world, around the hemisphere, around the continent, or around our nation, they represent you. And you've seen the faces that stood up here, and you know that they, you could not have, in fact, better credentials to represent you. And all the things that have taken place right now, whether it's the Grey Cups and the way Mark Cowan and his team have recognized people in uniform and their families in service to our country, whether it's that or whether it's the true patriot love dinner that we're going to have on the 10th of November to raise money for the Military Family Fund, or whether that is that great Canadian philosopher, Don Cherry who has a special spot in the heart of every man and woman in uniform and their families, or whether that's Canada Company led by Blake Goldring out there who raise money to look after the children of our fallen soldiers, or whether that's TELUS who sponsor an event like this and do other things, and just as one example, we're going to take 150 young soldiers from Valcarce on money to the TELUS skins game down near Quebec City and get them inside the ropes to uh, rub shoulders with Mike Weir and he and Poulter uh, and a few other guys going to hit a golf club. I would not be one of those. And then to come here today and have all of that culminated by the Canadian Club announcing the Canadian of the Year, Canadians of the Year as being those men and women who wear a nation's uniform or serve our country is powerful. You can be forgiven forgiven, when you're being deployed on a a mission 12,000 kilometres away, a dirty, dusty, dangerous trail, being shot at or being on the North Atlantic in those stormy uh, stormy, uh, Januaries that we have or being in an aircraft and 20,000 feet at night when you're being tossed around, you can be forgiven for thinking that you're alone. And what you do here today at the Canadian Club with this recognition is convince those young men and women by your actions that they are not alone, that Canadians support them from coast to coast to coast. And I thank you for that. God bless you.
0: now I'd like to welcome to the podium Vice-Admiral Rouleau to say a few words.
3: Well, good afternoon everybody. Uh, on behalf of the CDS, who is currently where he really likes to be, in Afghanistan with his troops, so he, I, get to, I get to come and, and represent him, and at the same time this morning, I ended up enjoying a little bit of of what every sailor would like to do is actually go to sea. So I went at sea for five minutes on the ferry between the island and here, and (laughs) it gave me me my my naval blood back going into into my veins. Uh, Minister McKay, General Hillier, Madame Burstein, Mrs. Harper, distinguished guests, and all of you here who are here today. Uh, Canadians have indeed uh, every reason to be proud of our armed forces. We are recognized around the world right now as being second to none. They show tenacity, they show professionalism, and devotion to duty every single day that they are out there. They stand on guard here at home, they fight for us overseas, and they keep Canadians safe. And they do that by being very proud of the sacrifices that they have to make, sacrifices in the form of time being spent away from family and friends. They live that every day. Sacrifices of their own personal lives. And as we all know too well right now, they do it fully understanding and accepting the risk of injury and the ultimate sacrifice, as we too often see it happen. Like Corporal Martin Dubé and Private Alexandre Péloquin, who recently lost their lives, they did it while doing something that they truly believed in, and they did it for their country. If you think that their troops in Afghanistan have reduced their tempo, have reduced their desire to go and can continue to do their job when these events happen, it's completely the reverse. It gives them inspiration, admiration, and drive, and they will do more. In fact. Uh, This week was, again, a repatriation event at uh, Trenton, where we brought Corporal Jube back home. This is indeed very hard uh, elements of of the jobs that we have to do. But at the same time, each one of those events, uh, the the ceremony itself, they inject a, a renewed inspiration for all those who attend them, all those who see them on television, and certainly all those who stand right there along the Highway of Heroes to actually salute These fallen comrades. It's it's incredible how Canadians show their respect to them and their appreciation for what they do. And this is exactly what we're doing here today. Thank you to the Canadian Club for making this event so special for us, all of us wearing uniform. That support that we get, no matter how big or small it is, shown across this entire country of ours, gives the Canadian Forces personnel. The strength and the encouragement that they need to do their jobs. Whether they're here at home, whether they're halfway world around the, the, uh, at sea, doing counter piracy, or doing smuggling interdiction, or even at home along our coast, or they're in a cockpit at 30,000 feet, basically telling a Russian aircraft that he is getting too close for comfort and that it's time to go back while we're all here at home, tightly sleeping at night time they do that without asking for anything. Il participe au côté de nos partenaires multinationaux en Afghanistan mais aussi dans d'autres endroits comme Haïti, Congo, le Soudan, la mer Adriatique où nous avons à chaque jour plus de 3500 Canadiens en uniform qui opèrent. The generosity and thoughtfulness of Canadians gestures such as this today here keeps us going no matter what the circumstances are and no matter what the sacrifices are bien que nous soyons fiers de servir notre travail a encore plus de sens lorsque nous savons que la population canadienne s'intéresse vraiment à ce que nous faisons that there's a line of support extending through the hearts of people in Campbell River all the way to Kandahar or from the cottage in Wascoos to the Middle East makes a huge difference for all those in uniform On behalf of the Chief of Defence Staff and the entire Canadian Forces, I want to thank you for doing what you're doing here today. All our men and women serving, they're all volunteers. They're ready to make the sacrifices again, again, and again, without asking for anything but recognition. And today, you have just delivered that to them. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, Vice Admiral Rouleau. The Canadian Club of Toronto has a 112-year history, but our annual Canadian of the Year Award is a somewhat newer tradition that was introduced in 1992. Since then, we have been presenting this tribute annually to individuals who have made an outstanding contribution to Canada. This year, we are acknowledging not just one Canadian, but an entire group of them and a very special group of them. Through two world wars, NATO missions, Korea, Bosnia, Darfur, Afghanistan, and so many other areas of conflict, many of these Canadians have left home to serve and too many of them never to return. So today, we recognize the millions of men and women who have committed themselves to the service of our country over the course of its history. The Canadian Club of Toronto is today honouring the more than 80,000 men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces as our Canadians of the Year. And I'd like to particularly acknowledge Bombardier Pigeon, who will be accepting the award on behalf of the Armed Forces. Born in Rimouski, Quebec, Bombardier Pigeon has completed two tours in Afghanistan. He was wounded in an IED blast on March 20th of this year and is now stationed at CFB Petawawa. Throughout his career, Bombardier Pigeon has been a model for Canadian service men and women everywhere, repeatedly cited for his exceptional professionalism, selfless actions, and unwavering commitment to service. Bombardier Pigeon, welcome. To begin our program today, I'm proud to introduce our keynote speaker, a man who has a very special relationship with our armed forces. Since becoming Minister of National Defence last fall, he's been a strong impassioned voice of support for the outstanding work being done by the men and women of Canada's military. He's made it his personal mission to ensure Canada's military personnel have everything they need to do the job we're asking of them including the respect, the gratitude, and the acknowledgement of their fellow Canadians. I can't think of anyone more appropriate to have with us to mark this day and the bestowing of our Canadian of the Year award. Please join me in welcoming the member for Central Nova, the Minister for National Defence, and the Minister for the Atlantic Gateway, the Honourable Peter McKay.
4: Thank you so much, Helen. And before I begin my remarks, I have a, a special presentation here. À mon tour maintenant de présenter quelqu'un, mesdames et messieurs. Nous allons voir une hommage vidéo aux hommes et des forces canadiennes de la part de l'un de leurs plus fervents admirateurs, le Premier ministre du Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, from our very first days in Ottawa as a new government, one of our highest priorities has been to rebuild the Canadian Forces into a modern, capable military, the type of military Canada needs and deserves. And just over a year ago, the Prime Minister and I had the opportunity to be in Halifax to announce the Canada First Defence Strategy, which is our government's plan for expanding and modernizing the Canadian Forces. We're well into its implementation, the recruiting, the re-equipping, the building, the renewing of the force infrastructure, and most importantly, improving our force readiness by investing in the most important asset, the most valuable asset that we have, the men and women of the Canadian Forces. And I have to tell you it would not have been possible without the Prime Minister's unwavering personal and fervent commitment to these efforts. A commitment based on his personal conviction that the Government of Canada has a responsibility to provide our military personnel with the tools they need to do their job safely and effectively, a commitment based on sincere admiration for our men and women in uniform. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the Prime Minister, la Premier Ministre.
5: Bon après-midi, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the opportunity to deliver this virtual greeting to your distinguished organization and its guests. And please accept my sincere regrets that I could not join you in person today. J'aimerais féliciter le Canadian Club pour avoir choisi comme Canadien de l'année les hommes et les femmes des Forces Canadiennes. Let me begin by congratulating the Canadian Club on your choice for Canadians of the Year. After visiting our troops in Kandahar again last month, I can certainly attest that there are none more deserving of this tribute than the men and women of the Canadian Forces. They truly are our best, brightest and bravest. Their compassion for the long-suffering Afghan people, their resolve in the face of a savage enemy and their consummate skill and professionalism bring honour to our country and uphold a tradition of military valour and excellence that runs through our entire history. Their work is the highest form of public service, and it is certainly not done for fame or fortune. It demands sacrifice, including sometimes the ultimate sacrifice. And each time we lose one of our heroes, all of Canada grieves with their families, friends, and comrades. But we also take inspiration from the fallen, for we recognize in them a true patriot love that knows no bounds. And we shall never forget them for they inspire us all to stand on guard for the true north, strong and free, forever.
4: Mrs. Harper, I I must say I'm personally grateful to your husband for allowing me to be here because I'm one of only 308 MPs that's not in Ottawa voting right now. Chair Helen and and, and John, my friend, uh, our head table guests, uh, Vice Chief of Defence Staff Denis Goulot, General Hillier, uh, Donald, members of the Canadian Forces, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, uh, I'm delighted to be here. And I certainly know that we all share in the tremendous respect just expressed in the words eloquently by the Prime Minister in his praise of the Canadian Forces. I'd like to thank the Canadian Club of Toronto, firstly and foremost, for inviting me to participate in this very special occasion. I know it's a great honour for the members of the Canadian Forces to be here to receive the Club's Canadian of the Year Award, and we also have two special groups in our midst, our veterans and our cadets, our proud past and our bright future. It's wonderful to see those groups represented here. Thank you for coming. And I know that the board of the Canadian Club gave a great deal of thought to this tribute, and I thank you kindly on behalf of the Canadian Forces. And Helen, for your tenure uh, as president of this esteemed and storied organization, for you to be here uh, in your final act as president uh, bestowing this award is a great tribute to your judgment, but to your patriotism and recognition of the importance of our Forces to our country. So thank you on behalf of the men and women in uniform. I am very privileged to be associated with a group such exceptionnel this exceptional, of femmes and women. This is the Canadian, of all the old our active military, Ollie, Etteneur, 88 years of Rankin Inlet, and our last recruit. On behalf of the men and women in uniform, from our oldest member, an active member, Ali Inutamar, 88 years old, serving in Rankin Inland as part of the Arctic Rangers, to our newest recruit, to a technician from Prince Edward Island, serving on a ship on the west coast, to an equipment manager from British Columbia, serving in Newfoundland. These are the consummate professionals who make up the men and women of the Canadian Forces. The maple leaf and the Canadian flash that they wear on their shoulders are recognized around the world as symbols of credibility, commitment and compassion. Just ask the thousands of Canadians who owe their lives to our search-and-rescue technicians. Ask the Haitians who received urgently needed food during a devastating hurricane that swept through the Caribbean last year. Or the students at Sayed Pancha in Kandahar province who are enjoying newly assembled desks and lockers thanks to the off-duty volunteers of Joint Task Force Afghanistan Air Wing. These are but a few examples of the compassion, the caring and commitment in the face of the Canadian Forces. And let me tell you something else I'm sure that you know. Men and women in uniform are tough, and they're tenacious. They're patriotic, and they're respected. They work in some of the most dangerous and difficult places on the planet. They endure extreme trials, trepidations, and temperatures. But they are prepared, and they persevere. Last month in Petawawa, I had the opportunity to see some of the pre-deployment training, to take part in some of that training. That's not where this happened, by the way. And it was amazing to see how commitment and how passionate they were about the preparation that goes into pre-deployment. And here at home, here at home, whether it's on the east, west coast, in the Arctic, on the Great Lakes, across the continent, around the world, Canadian forces are working around the clock to protect us to defend our values, promote our interests, and exercise our sovereignty. For them, these are more than words. These are actions that they live. And they're always ready, ready to deal with catastrophic events that take place here at home, like last year's floods in Northern Ontario, when they evacuated close to 1,000 people from communities at risk. Natural disasters, like the ice storm, like other floods, like flurries in Toronto, I couldn't couldn't resist that. (laughs) They're defending our domestic and continental waters against all manner of threats from smuggling, illegal fishing, drugs, or environmental disaster. They're conducting sovereignty patrols, search and rescue operations, contributing to the defense in our skies through NORAD and around the world, wherever they're needed. Today, when the world calls, it's the men and women in uniform who answer that call, and they deliver. They reply, whether it was at the front, Normandy or Vimy, or Juneau Beach, Korea, Kosovo, Canadians were there, they were in the thick of it. In Africa, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, the Caribbean, 18 active missions today. And until early this month, our government was dispatching the HMCS Winnipeg to conduct counter-piracy operations in the Gulf of Aden as part of standing NATO Maritime Group One. They had a magnificent tour. The Winnipeg, her captain and crew, are doing tremendous work, again, in a compassionate way, ensuring that the World Food Programme is able to deliver food to a starving nation, Somalia. During their nine weeks of operation, captain and their crew thwarted many pirate attacks on ships in the Gulf. Winnipeg made an important contribution to maritime security and protecting international commerce in the region. This is again another example, but one of many where the world notices and the world thanks Canada for its help. And I must say a word about our number one mission. Of course, I speak of Afghanistan. Our forces are there today with our Chief of Defence Staff, Walt Natinschik, there serving in an international, UN-backed, NATO-led international mission to bring a better life for Afghans, and a better life for a generation of all. We will ensure the security that Canada needs to realize this first plan à Kandahar Notre Our participation in the Dalla barrage project will allow us to integrate the valley of Dargumdab the Grenier à Afghanistan. Our investments in the schools, the reflection of five schools Ce cinq ans est terminé et des travaux sont au cours de vingt-cinq ans. Notre programme de vaccination antipolio plus de très, uh, 350 enfants de Kandahar ont déjà été vaccinés. Tout cela, en plus des certains de kilomètres de routes et de reçus de alimentation en eau, ainsi que de nombreux ponts que nos avions aide à construire." Ladies and gentlemen, the security that's being provided in Afghanistan allows for and enables some of the signature projects that are being carried out by our CETA workers, by our our diplomats in this important whole-of-government effort in Afghanistan today. (coughs) By virtue of their presence there, 7 million more children are in school today, a third of them girls. The Dalla Dam, Is being constructed to provide a source of water and irrigation for thousands of farmers who will be able to grow something other than poppy, which brings heroin to the streets of cities like Toronto and Vancouver. And for the first time, for the first time in 30 years, Afghanistan has produced more wheat than poppy and will be able to feed their own population without importing wheat for the first time this year. Those are the type of projects that Canadian soldiers enable hundreds of thousands of children being vaccinated against the polio virus. The ability to prevent those children from contracting polio will provide a lifeline for thousands, if not millions, of children in that country. Our goal is to eradicate polio from Afghanistan. None of this can happen without the security provided by our forces. And when we talk about Afghanistan, we do tend to think of our soldiers, the men and women in the army, but we have sailors there, diffusing bombs, improvised explosive devices. We have air personnel providing airlift, flying helicopters, providing intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance. They simply cannot do this without the entire team. The reconnaissance completed their recently their 5,000th sortie in support of the mission, mapping some of the terrain that provides protection for our forces on the ground, soldiers sailors, airmen and women, one mission, one team. And our troops are very proud of the gains that have been made in Afghanistan. Talk to a soldier, never pass one by on the street, shake their hand, thank them, tell them you appreciate what they do. That sea of change that has overcome our country, that awakening that we've seen in recent years. And General Hillier, I must say to you, sir, you have so much to do with that new sense of pride and purpose that's instilled in Canadians and instilled in our forces today. And for that, I thank you. The General has often said, and I've been with him when he says, the shine is back on the Canadian forces. He's also done something else, along with our current Chief General Natinchuk, and the leadership of our Canadian forces. And that is, they have embraced the importance of the families and brought the military families into a process and into uh, an important organization put them front and center in everything we do. They and their families pay a heavy price. Others have mentioned we've lost 120 brave men and women in the course of this this mission. And most recently, as uh, Denis Rouleau mentioned, Corporal Martin Dubé of the 5th Brigade 22nd Regiment. These are day-to-day heroes, men like Trevor Green, Jody Mittick, Billy Kerr, all working hard now to rebuild their lives after sustaining life-altering injuries. corresponded with Trevor Green and had a chance to meet his parents from Nova Scotia. They're amazing Canadians. Trevor Green uh, and his partner, Debbie, demonstrate daily courage and faith and determination that are truly inspirational and humbling. With Debbie at his side, Trevor has exceeded all expectations in recovering from a horrendous head injury he suffered in 2006 while serving in Afghanistan. He was struck from behind by a Taliban insurgent with an axe. He's now able to speak at public functions. He's an inspiration to all who hear him and his faith in the Afghanistan mission remains strong. In my eyes, Trevor, Donald, all of our representatives of the force today in uniform are heroes. Each and every day, every day, ordinary Canadians doing extraordinary things on behalf of their country. And wherever they serve, whatever happens, they have a right to expect that Canada and their government will be there for them. Caring for our Canadian Forces members and their families has been a process of continuous improvement, as it should be. It's not perfect, and as Walt Simeonoff, who does much of the work in our effort to support our men and women in uniform, often says, sometimes we drop the ball, but we pick it up on the first bounce, and we run with it. And caring for our family members as well as the members of the Force is a process that we are committed to, Just last month in Afghanistan, I announced a few of those attempts to improve it further. The government has decided to cover the full cost of ensuring Canadian Forces members against service-related injuries and illnesses. We're expanding the joint personal support units that we have in the country, which coordinate services of ill and injured CF members and veterans and their families across the country. And we're doing more. As part of a five-year, $52 million plan, we're delivering on the following. Hiring more new staff, hiring more mental health workers, establishing a center for expertise in addictions treatment, establishing a cognitive behavior program, and a national mental health conference that will take place, as well as the Ombudsman. And and let me say this, the injuries that occur in Afghanistan are often not visible injuries. And we have to be very open, out of the shadows, to embrace those injuries that are psychological in nature. These injuries are real, they're recognized, and we have to embrace the efforts of recovery. And I'm very proud that the Canadian Forces are doing so much more uh, to do just that. And we'll continue to do more. When I think about the incredible work that people do, and when I look out in this room and see the the faces of of serving members of our Force, it's hard to believe that there was a time when some members of the Canadian Forces went to work with their uniforms in a backpack because there wasn't that sense of of recognition and pride that exists on the streets of our small towns and villages and cities like Toronto. It wasn't there. But those days are gone. The shine is back. And the men and women in the uniform today feel the pride of Canadians, feel the recognition of events such as this. At sports events, at uh, small gatherings, red rallies, the wearing of the yellow ribbons, the efforts to send cards and letters and videos and packages when they're deployed. The difference is very real. Canadians have rediscovered their Canadian forces, and they're showing it openly, they're showing it with admiration and affection. And I think it's because Canadians have a much greater appreciation of what's at stake, what it means to be a soldier, what you put on the line when you put on the uniform and go out the door in the morning. It's your life, it's your love, it's all you have, particularly when you're deployed into a theater of operations, as we're seeing today in Afghanistan. And a greater understanding of that work is being made more visible to ensure that people do understand what's done to protect us, our values, and the tremendous sacrifice that's being made by soldiers, sailors, airmen, and women, and their families. And that message is getting out. So thanking these wonderful, magnificent Canadians uh, is such an important thing to do. And I want to mention just a few brief examples of some of the things that are happening across the country. Boomer's legacy bike ride, some 60 cyclists who rode from Victoria to Courtney, British Columbia, to raise money for a fund in memory of Corporal Andrew Eichenbloom, who lost his life in Afghanistan in 2006. I think Christy Blatchford was part of that ride. Loops for Troops. Another fundraising effort in memory of one of our soldiers. This Sunday, on Father's Day, Loops for Troops will make a run simultaneously in Calgary and in Kandahar, in memory of Corporal Nathan Hornberg, who died in 2007. The monies raised will benefit the Canadian Forces' families. Canada Companies Camp for children, Canadian Forces personnel. Canada's company was founded by Toronto businessman Blake Goldring, who's here to build a bridge between the business community and the men and women in the forces. A spaghetti dinner hosted in Lac-Saint-Jean-sur-le-Rechelou, a region to to raise money for our soldiers in Afghanistan to help Afghan children. The Annapolis Valley Blossom Festival that's happening right now in, uh, in Nova Scotia this weekend, celebrating our troops. These are all tangible examples of communities everywhere who want to reach out and say thank you and be part of this wonderful movement, this wonderful organization that is the Canadian Forces. And they're mourning with Canadian Forces families when tragedy does strike, lining the Highway of Heroes from Trenton to Toronto, which started as a very spontaneous demonstration of support by our emergency service providers. Now people from all walks of life join in that silent tribute when soldiers are returning It's such an incredible outpouring of support and deeply, deeply appreciated by the soldiers themselves and the families who support them. So in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me say once again how much Canadian Forces appreciate this recognition as Citizen of the Year because I've always believed, and I, I believe more now than ever before, that our Canadian Forces personnel are our best citizens, not just today on this recognition. But every day, we thank them, all of them, all the men and women across the country, across the world, who are serving right now, who are sitting among you. And like Bombardier Donald Pigeon, who we'll hear from in a moment, and who will accept the Canadian of the Year Award on behalf of the Canadian Forces, their attitude, their performance, their professionalism, their duty, represents the very best that is in them and the very best that is in us here in Canada. The Canadian of the Year Award is a wonderful way to show appreciation that we all feel for those who wear the uniform, who serve us as our best citizens. Thank you. Merci beaucoup.
0: I now like to call on Nick Chambers, the chair of our Canadian of the Year Award Committee to present the award.
6: Thank you, Helen. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the Canadian Club of Toronto, I am pleased for this opportunity to express our gratitude to the men and women of our Canadian Armed Forces. Over the years, the Canadian Club of Toronto has recognized many Canadians, all of whom have left a lasting impression on Canada and on the lives of Canadians through their efforts and example. Our 2009 recipients exceed these criteria by leaps and bounds. This year, we chose to recognize men and women who believe that serving their country is an honor, not a burden, who demonstrate that courage is a gift that should not be squandered, and who humble us by their sacrifices. To those of you here with us today, those of you far away and those no longer with us, we say thank you very, very much. At this time, I would like to uh, bring back the Honourable Peter McKay, to, uh, um, sorry, Minister of National Defence and Minister for the Atlantic Gateway, to help me present the award. And I'd like to call upon Bombardier, uh Donald Pigeon to accept the 2009 Canadians of the Year Award on behalf of the men and women of our Canadian Armed Forces.
0: And I'd like to now call on Don Cherry to come to the podium just to say a few words. Don?
7: I'm squeezed in here, folks. So I won't be long. Right, Jennifer? Thanks, Helen. Uh, MVP, Amadeur Pigeon. That's like we do in hockey. You know, when Ron and I walk through uh, the airports, we, we see you guys coming back from Afghanistan. And we, you know, we always go up and talk and everything. And the thing that amazes me about you, you're back here injured and you can hardly wait to get back over there. And I, I said, What? Well, you can't arrest. He says, That's our teammates over there. So you guys are the best, I'll tell you that. You, I just want to give thumbs up. You're the best and everybody knows it. You know, a lot of General Hillier asked me, Do I get a big head when people come up, you know, and everything, and, like taking my picture and, and getting my autograph and that? You don't. You always get put down. And I was telling the general what happened to me in the Toronto airport that uh, I, I was the old guy and his wife were standing in front. She kept looking back at me all the time. So, I, you know, I'm getting ready right to don cherry and that. So the old guy says to her, you know this guy? She says, yeah, I see him on television all the time. He says, well, who is he? he said, she said, he's a friendly giant. <laughs> you know, I, last night I was doing fan mail and uh, About 11 o'clock last night, I I seem to get these things, and uh, it was by a a young hockey player named Quinn. I have his picture here, and uh, it's from Camp Borden, and I have a feeling that uh, something happened in his family, and he sent this poem, and I think it'll it'll go, and I hope I get this right. I I don't want to pull a coach's corner. 118 gumballs in a gumball machine, 118 feet to school every day, 118 more things we take for granted but not one dead soldier's life we take for granted. All 100 this was when 118 were killed. All 118 lives lost in Afghanistan. Were lives like you and I. This is a 10-year-old kid by the way did this. Average people with above average job killed fighting for a peace and freedom for for the souls. They were not selfish, they gave their lives away, protecting us from the evil in the shadows of Afghanistan territories. One hundred and eighteen, the impact of every soldier's life is emotional, affecting his family, his friends, his fellow comrades. Hearing the love, hearing the lone phone call at night telling me that he's dead. Seeing visions at night, hearing his voice speaking to them in their memories, and this is where I get the idea that must have been a member of his dad or something. Not smelling his hair when he hugged them goodbye. Having to see him come home in a Canadian flag draped coffin. His last 118 kilometres driven on a highway of heroes. That soldier has shown sacrifice, determination and courage. That shoulder's death will never be in vain. That soldier's life means a lot to Canada and to me. And I'm sure it means a lot to you. Thank you.
0: I'd now like to call on Susan MacArthur, director of the Canadian Club of Toronto, to offer official thanks to all of our guests. Susan?
8: Thank you, Don. That was very eloquent. Uh, Minister McKay, we're very pleased to have you today. Thank you for being here, especially with, in light of everything that's gone on in Ottawa this week, we're especially pleased to have you here today. I would also like to thank TELUS for their generous donation to the Military Families Fund and to the Royal Canadian Dragoons for making this event possible. Thank you also to Vice Admiral Rouleau, General Hillier, Bombardier Pigeon, and all the other members of the Canadian Armed Forces who are here with us today. I know I speak for literally millions of Canadians when I say how proud I am of the contribution of your fellow servicemen and women, the the contribution that you make to the world, on our behalf, we see this every time our fallen soldiers come home and are saluted by thousands of Canadians who line the highways and overpasses along the Highway of Heroes. I think it's, you will see on your table the Military Family Fund. There's an opportunity to support the fund, which is in support of our soldiers. There's also the True North, uh, the Two Patriot Love Dinner, which will happen on November 10th. I invite you all to support these events. They're great opportunities to come out and support our military. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out this this afternoon to to help us honour the men and women of our armed forces as our Canadians of the year. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Susan, and thank you to all our distinguished head table guests again, and thank you to our audience for joining us today. This concludes our program and our television programming for today, and it will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. This meeting is now adjourned.